When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. Somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Smart Strong features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back, the smart pain. Okay, welcome back to the Smart Strong Podcast, everybody, where we're helping to educate the listeners to build a better back through movement, how we call the smart way. And in this mini-series of podcasts, we've been talking about movement resilience, introducing movement resilience, how do we build movement resilience, how do we build the endurance of the supporting musculature that is so important for spine health. And in this final episode of the series, we're talking about where we go next. Once those movement patterns have been established and we've started to build endurance, where do we go next? What's what's kind of the next level, as it were? So Jacob, what are your thoughts on on next level training when it comes to movement resilience? Yeah, so, so as you mentioned, Ben, we've established those movement patterns. First of all, let's talk a little bit about that. I think uh, most people should be looking at at, at least focusing and working on the movement patterns for six months to maybe a year because mm-hmm. that's, that's going to take some time and because um, we really want to we really want to get the communication from the, from the brain to the right muscles which is going to give you that foundation yeah to to take place and that's that's not something that happens overnight especially if you've been out of out of actually working out of out of uh, out of shape You've got a, a job where you're not really uh, using your body, so maybe you've been doing that for five, ten years. You know, maybe you've been doing that for a little bit longer. The fact is that you have to allow yourself to build that base because it, it just takes time. Yeah, so don't try and I guess progress or move quickly. It's not kind of a, again we've we've mentioned this before and we mentioned it in some of the courses that we're creating that don't try and rush to the next level don't try and progress too quickly it's all about movement quality it's all about putting in the time because as you say some people may never have trained they may never have exercised at all it's fair to say and and maybe they have exercised maybe they've they've played a sport like football or something where they've just they've just not been creating the movement patterns that we need for the core yeah those are very different movements than uh, than when you're on your hands and knees and, and you're creating a, a strong uh, connection between the shoulders and the hips, for example. So, yeah. You know, and in some cases, might... sorry to jump in, in some cases there's going to be people there that have exercise, like you say, but we're trying to correct faulty patterns and we're trying to get rid of exercises they may have been doing for many years that they feel are beneficial and they feel are, are good for them, they enjoy doing maybe. And it's almost yeah. moving away from those to some degree absolutely absolutely and and maybe like we've discussed before those exercises might be the problem so yes. they're doing them and, and it's making them a little bit stronger we said you know it's possible to make yourself stronger but at what cost yes and we don't want to we don't want to go into that direction we don't want to put unnecessary pressure through the discs or some joints and so we've got to get that that uh, the foundation we've got to get that right and sometimes you might even be working on the foundation and you're not getting it right completely. So that might take you 
to reflect and realize, oh, I need to do it a little bit different. So I'm not actually reaching the level where I can go to the next level. Yeah. And, and I suppose the question there is, we say six to not, or six to 12 months. Is there a good way of, of people evaluating themselves or establishing where they want to, when they want to go to that next level? And, and obviously there's some people that don't need to go to that next level, what they're doing and what they've been doing. Certainly with some of the advice that we recommend would be enough to support the spine and therefore it's more about maintenance of those exercises and movements as opposed to taking it to the next level exactly exactly that's a good point you know i mean it just depends on on the established goal so you have to you have to think for yourself what what did, what do i want from this you know i mean do i just want to have a, a pain-free life where i can enjoy my body basically going to work five days a week and spend time with my children and maybe do some some things I like on the weekend and you know with my wife and if that's your goal then it's a question of maintenance if yeah. you if you have maybe a, a personal goal of achieving I don't know maybe a, an aesthetically looking body together with being strong uh, you're doing a specific sport and you want to excel then obviously your goal is going to be a little bit different yeah of course and and I guess jumping back to those people that all they want is to maintain a, a healthy spine and continue with those movement patterns and endurance to ensure that they don't regress, I guess, and and therefore they've got better, they've realized an improvement, their back health is, is much better, uh, they're moving much, much more safely. We don't want those guys to suddenly decide, right, I'm okay now. You know, this isn't really something that you can just drop but at the same time, the effort and the input doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, exercise every single day. Because certainly at the beginning of a, a rehab program, there's exercises that we would recommend doing every single day to start to build the, the movement patterns and to build the endurance. But once you've got the outcome and you've got get moving towards that goal and you've built, that, built some endurance, then you can certainly scale it back and maybe be looking at, three times a week where you're looking at focusing on these exercises, but certainly those daily habits have to continue. Those daily habits are fundamentally important. Yeah, 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 totally. And, you know, if you, if you, if, if you, if we've worked with you, then you'd understand spinal hygiene. Yeah. And, you know, if you can apply that, like you said, throughout, then you're already taking the load off your back massively. And then if you've, like I always say to patients, you know, you gotta you gotta work hard in the beginning to reach the level of uh, communication between the brain and the right muscle groups to uh, to to execute the movements that we want, that's safe and that's gonna well, use the right muscles. In other words, making them stronger. But once you got it, then you have to do it less. If you uh, you know you don't have to actually work on it as much anymore to to call it up because the communication is established. So maybe twice a week, in some cases, maybe three times a week, you'd have to still exercise or train or do a little bit here and there. But because, you know, it's like an athlete working to perfect a specific movement. They'll work a lot on it until they've got it, uh, the relay to the, to the muscles and, and the movement is perfect. And mm -hmm. then they don't have to do that much anymore. They just have to be able to call it up. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so if you've, 
if you're listening to the podcast and you've um, you've been doing exercise and you've been trying to to take the advice that we've been given on on the podcast or on the website and you've been you you feel an improvement you feel that you're stronger you feel that when you're doing some of these exercises that you're executing them well and they feel comfortable fantastic but make sure you commit to at least six months to get those movement patterns ingrained what we call engrams neurology so that they're they're kind of there as it were in the in the brain uh, and then continue to commit but maybe you can scale back your efforts and for those people that have enjoyed that journey enjoyed that journey of improving strength and understanding their backs better and want to take it to the next level all those people that like you say Jacob are looking to now get back to higher level athletic performance or specific sports is there a good place for them to go for the kind of next level training because at some stage we're going to want to introduce a bit of a bit more weight or a bit more of a challenge can can that be done still at home or do we need to be looking at training in a different place and where could that be is there is there a perfect answer to that i guess yeah well we can get pretty close to a good answer i think we can do a lot at home and then you'd have to you know you'd have to get a few things in terms of equipment to make that possible so you know you can use elastic bands uh, a gym ball a um, you know some weights um, you know but at some point you will be you will be limited and at some point you have to consider going to a gym and like we've discussed me myself and you Ben quite often you you need to go to a gym that's going to allow you to do the things that that is what your body needs right and yeah so so going to a gym like a, a what they call I think they call in the states they call it a globo gym uh, yeah we don't really have a name for it in the Netherlands but if we just go to a gym with machines that you sit on with uh, very little limited floor area where you can do stuff like sled work and stuff like that then you're absolutely limited because if we if we start working on building athletic performance for example and and your back is still in in a little bit of a recovery mode we want to work uh, posterior chain and things like that then the sled is ideal because there's there's very little direct pressure on the spine. Uh, almost, you know, a big percentage of people with a spinal injury can push a sled, especially forward, and they will not have any uh, any problems with that. So there's there's a lot of exercises, but we need floor space, and we need uh, we need we need we need strongman equipment, and we need uh, uh, sometimes we need to be able to work outside as well. So we're gonna we're gonna have to find a gym that's going to allow us to do these things. And your typical all machine-based gym uh, will not be equipped necessarily for for that goal. Yeah. So you you can do a lot of next level stuff for or more challenging stuff, maybe for for want of a better term, with with some basic equipment at home. You know, when we're looking at the core, for example, we know stir the pot is a great exercise that that only needs a, a a gym ball to do at home. We know that you can do the monster walks. They just require elastic bands. So we can 
we can progress and do some um, more advanced work at home but at some point when we're really getting more towards athletic performance we're going to need equipment and we're going to need space and so those those gyms definitely exist crossfit gyms are a good example of them and and not all crossfit gyms are the same but a lot of crossfit gyms i think it's fair to say have um a kind of an open program there's a membership that allows you to go and train outside of the kind of classic wad for what they're known for so it, it you don't have to go and partake in those um, workout of the day routines as it were that are that are quite yeah. i suppose strict in the way that they're delivered yeah that's it i mean exactly that's a good point because you don't want you to just fall into doing the the group lessons at the at a, at a crossfit gym which means that you're never really sure of what you're going to get as exercises that's always pre-planned and a bit of a surprise but you want to be able to do the the open gym sessions where you have a program and you have a, a, a clear program uh tailored for your needs and um and then you can do your thing but the cool. thing is you you also you need the space and i think that's the biggest problem with the commercial gyms with all the machines you know they they stack it full of machines so you, if you do, for example, a, a pull-up walkout with two elastic bands, you need to walk out five meters. And nobody can walk through the bands that you're pulling uh, tight. You know, it's just, it's just not going to work in a global gym generally. Um, yeah, generally, generally. I mean, I, I, the gym I go to um, in lo- my local town is is certainly not a CrossFit gym, and the, but there is a lot of space in one area, which, and there are the. Um, the machines and equipment that allow you to do all of those exercises. So I guess the the um, the answer really is to just go and have a look around these places and just see what equipment there is. And if they've got things like a sled, and they've got you know other strongman equipment, I think it'd be good to give give the listeners a bit of an idea of what what strongman in is and what some of the strongman equipment is. Then um, you know you can identify pretty quickly and pretty easily when you go into a gym and have a look around if that's the right environment to to kind of go to the next level as it were so what what other equipment when you're talking um strongman is is there that people maybe could look out for when they're going to have a look at the gym that might be might give them a bit of direction so some of them would some of these strongman exercises uh, and equipment would be better for someone rehabilitating their back for example and i'd say especially something like the rope pull yeah so, so generally have like a, a thick rope, maybe maybe 15, 20, maybe even 30. We have one that's 40 meters long. And then you have a sled, sled at the end and you can determine the weight you put on there depending on the friction of the surface that you're putting it on. Uh, this, is, this is a great exercise for anti-rotation. So you're, you can do it either um, forward locking up the core, hanging with your body, upper body horizontal to the floor or you can do the, the typical squat stance uh, facing forward and uh, holding in the, the sled but you you try not to actually rotate through the through the back so you're fixing the chest and then uh, something like the farmer's walk another great exercise you know the farmer's walk uh, apparatus so you've got two of these things on, on your sides you could you put weight in the front and in the back so it's very evenly balanced 
compared to carrying two kettlebells, which tends to swing forwards and backwards. And then with a farmer's walk, you know, it's a, it's a great exercise because you're, you're having the same weight on, on, the, on both sides. So you're pretty balanced out. And if you do it with the right technique, you can go pretty heavy. And, you know, this is incredibly good for the, for the spine and for, uh, for, you know, for the core. Yeah, and I suppose the other thing you're looking for is is space, because if there's not a, a reasonably large area to to use this equipment and a distance that is of space on a floor that is kind of protected, as it were, from from other gym users walking across it or needing to walk across it to get around, then um, you know that's something that again is, is is something you want to watch out for because really exactly. if you're if you're going to be doing some of these um, exercises, then you need that that space and clearly you need that equipment so it's something to look out for if you are looking to to kind of progress forward and you are looking to do more athletic activities and follow some of the exercises that again will be in our programs on the website then um, have a look around at the gyms locally and 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 ask some questions around the equipment they use and, and how they operate so that you can you can make a wise investment I guess but at the same time don't be put off um, by the thought of having to go to a gym because there's a lot of things you can do at home that will challenge you further that really require some basic equipment that, that isn't going to be a, a large um, outlay in terms of costs. And I suppose the next question then, Jacob, is who can help these people? You know, Because obviously we have a, a chiropractic background, so we have that level of knowledge, but we're not as traditional as a lot of chiropractors were very much about movement so in many ways people would identify as more as I suppose fitness professionals to some degree and so are there fitness professionals out there that have this knowledge that could have this knowledge that could support people and again how do we how do we identify these people or are you best to to do your own reading and research to to be confident that you can do it yourself, I guess. Yes, good question. Um, I think that there are definitely some fitness professionals, uh, personal trainers, physios, fewer, but to some extent, yes, some chiropractors who use these methods, who work with it. Um, but they, they would have had to have some training they would have had to follow people like Greg Levinson, Stuart McGill. There's a few more names. But the thing is, they, they, they'd have to know about this. Uh, they have to know about what we talk about, and especially the research on this. And I think what people can do is they can, if they've heard about this and, they, and they, they've been following us a little bit and they've been looking on the website, they can definitely ask these fitness professionals who's about to train them, look, what are the principles that you follow? Do you know about Stuart McGill? Uh, tell me a little bit more about your, your approach in stabilizing the core. Uh, what methods do you use? What is your philosophy? Because if people would ask someone about this, then maybe they'd get some clarity and they can, they can compare it to what we've been talking about. So I think if you, especially where I live, if you ask a lot of physios here, what's your approach, then 
the number one and the first answer would be well, we're gonna we're gonna work on mobility, mm-hmm. and that's that's something that I would literally if I'm coming from a, a you know a office job five days a week behind a computer that, that's something I'd probably be running away from. Yeah. If I if I'd have the understanding of what my body needs, because it, it we're not gonna start with mobility. That's gonna send us down the you know probably cause a lot more damage and problems and mm-hmm. take us further away from what I want to achieve. So first we wanna we wanna work on the stability and, and later maybe when we've established enough stability we will go to some mobility. Yeah, and I think the you know, we've we've mentioned before, don't be afraid to challenge people. If you're going to invest money or you want to invest money to get some some additional help um, one-on-one then don't be afraid to ask questions and and do a bit of research yourself you know look at people like you mentioned Stuart McGill and, and Craig Liebenson who are, uh, have done a lot of research and uh, have a lot of experience around this kind of more movement-based approach because that will give you at least a bit of a baseline level of knowledge to, to feel more comfortable challenging these people and also feel more comfortable with the with the answers they're giving you because there is no unfortunately there is no right or wrong answer. You know, we've been to McGill seminars and there's been some fantastic personal trainers there. There have been some great physiotherapists there, um lesser um degree some osteopaths, some chiropractors. So there's a mix. You know, so a lot of people often ask me, well, who, who is best to see or advise a family member? Should they go to a physio, osteopath, chiropractor? And the, the answer is always, well, it, it depends. You know, this is the way I think, very much biomechanical, very much movement-based. That's my belief. That's not necessarily anybody else's belief, you know, within, um, within the medical industry, as it were. So, you know they might get their results their way but i believe in what i believe and i i've read the research and a movement based approach absolutely makes sense you've then got to have a bit of an understanding and again you know from resources like our website as an example or, or or read another other people we've mentioned to then be able to challenge those people that you might be going to see to see what their level of knowledge is and what their way of thinking is because otherwise unfortunately there is no profession at the moment that is very much regulated and focused on this approach. It's fair to say. No, that, that's a, that's true. You know, there's there isn't really, and it's something that's growing. Uh, and fortunately, there's a fair bit of research on it, and quite often the the, the truth is hidden. And especially five years, ten years ago, when when we came across this and when we started doing this and when, especially when I've developed, when I developed my understanding about this and it was drawing me in like a magnet, uh, you know, I couldn't, couldn't really stop it. Especially then it was, you know, discussing it with somebody was very, you had to be careful who you told this to because how can movement fix movement? But now we know that um, you know, especially through people like Stuart McGill and, and some other movement researchers, we know that this is this is the right path, and it just makes sense. Yeah, and obviously you've got your own experience of of 
the significant improvements you've made in your back health and also core strength as a result of following this approach you know and i've seen that as well so i've seen evidence of it uh, you know in reality so again it just kind of consolidates that thinking yeah i would have i would have personally never been as strong as i am now in my core and in my body if it wasn't for my injury you know, that's no. what me to seek seek that truth yeah so. and there's a message for the listeners as well that you know if you are experiencing pain and i know we've mentioned this before but just what levels and what improvements you you can make but i think you know back to you know the the beliefs and thinking i i struggle to understand how anybody with a chronic back pain issue that is leading a sedentary life or or a life of doing movements that are repetitive that we're just simply not genetically designed to do how you could get better without a movement-based approach without fixing those movements without introducing those daily habits without understanding spine hygiene um i struggle myself to to understand that and i think um again back to back to who can help it's about asking those questions about challenging those people and saying look you know i'm i'm conscious that i sit in an office all day or i'm conscious that as a carpenter i'm i'm bent over sometimes laying laminate floors and that from what i've read isn't isn't good for my spine health what i want to do is take a movement based approach to health and rehabilitation and develop the core you know is that an approach you take mr osteopath mr chiropractor mr physio can you um, can you tell me some of the people that you've you've studied and some of the work that you've you've read to um to help you and your practice and help your patients and if and if the the answers and responses are, are pretty unclear or they they're taking a very much a, a passive based approach to spine health and to how they they approach their treatment then you've really got to question whether you want to be spending time with those people because it's just not going to be right for you yeah well put yeah, yeah. i agree and yeah. so are we saying that instructors do you think should have specific qualifications because we know that there are some great seminars out there um, focused on this kind of movement based approach and, and very much evidence based but at the same time you know if you've got those underlying qualifications like chiropractic for example you have you have learned a lot of your stuff and myself through training ourselves through trialing exercises and developing core strength a safe way so like we said there's not a regulated regulated industry that is kind of a movement-based approach to to back rehabilitation spine health so again do you think instructors and people should be doing certain qualifications or do you think it is very much dependent and the question should be focused around those those individuals motivations and the knowledge that they have as opposed to having a specific qualification because that's a classic way of thinking where we all think you must have xyz qualification to be able to give me advice and yet we know that the fitness industry and personal training is is still quite unregulated a lot of people can call themselves a fitness professional or a personal trainer without um, necessarily having specific qualifications and yet those people might have read and had a knowledge base that that is going to be far more beneficial to some people than you know the approach that let's be fair some chiropractors some doctors osteopaths physios are going to take 
Yeah, that that's it. I think it's all about the enthusiasm of the, the practitioner or the fitness instructor or the uh, personal trainer. I think that's mainly the drive. What from what I've seen, uh, that leads to any of these uh, coaches or or trainers or or professionals to be to be good at what they do. And uh, I think sometimes only relying on the fact that you've got this big degree, you've got a chiropractic degree or something like that, that, that's, that can also be uh, not enough, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, so I think it, yeah, at this point, I think it's difficult to say you have to have a specific quali- qualification. I think if you, if you can say who you follow or which courses you've been to, you know, if you are uh, McGill certified, for example, that's a great qualification, if you want to call that. So, but it's difficult to say that you have to have a specific qualification. I'm sure something would probably come in, in five or ten years' time. Hmm. I think it's, you know, like you've just mentioned, I mean, for ourselves, we've, we've learned a lot through our own experience and our own tri- trial and error and applying things that we learn on these, on these courses. And, and please understand, these courses we do are it's from leading researchers from all over the world and they generally aren't cheap for two days you know, they bring a great deal of incredible information to us and then we go and try that out and we get to understand it and then you can really see what works and what doesn't yeah but 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 the question is are people doing that are these trainers doing that are these uh, professionals doing that yeah they invest in their time and and yeah with respect some of some of their finances to 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 get better and improve i guess and and you know for the people listening it is a i I suppose a frustrating um response in many ways that we that we've provided because it isn't clear i think if you've got a back pain issue now and you're in in discomfort and you have some concerns then certainly i think in the first instance you want to seek advice to rule out any kind of major red flags or any any underlying problems that that we just want to have a check on but i think once you've done that um and and you can be safe that there is no underlying issue that 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 could be a concern then for the in the majority of cases it's going to be mechanical low back pain that that people are experiencing let's just make clear there when we talk about red flags we we talk about pathology we pathology, talk about absolutely. cancer or or any any very Infe- serious infection yeah 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 and we're not talking about a incredibly bad damaged uh, end plate no. uh, of a of a vertebrae which when you see that on a mri or a, or a, and an mri the specialist will tell you well this this is very bad you know and of course it's very bad but how will you best fix that? It might take a long time, but it's going to be a mechanical approach. Yeah, and maybe, a movement-based maybe, approach. Yeah, movement, together, together with most likely an anti-inflammatory diet. You know, because if it's going to take you months to recover from that, you can speed that process up a lot with with your diet. So yeah, but with, with that's not a red flag. That just means that you've got a serious problem. You want to get back to functioning properly, then you're going to have to take a movement-based approach. Yeah, and I think the 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 key. For a lot of people there is once those kind of red flags those pathologies have been ruled out no matter how bad that back is something you have done mechanically has caused that problem 
whether that's repetitively bending through the spine, flexing through the spine, sitting, whatever that might be, that is without doubt what's caused it. Very few of these um, kind of herniation, disc herniations, or vertebral end plate fractures, etc., occur because of some um, form of injury. Yes, it can occur, but it's going to take a lot of effort to create some of these injuries from a one-off exercise of any kind. This is all repetitive, sustained, uh, poor movement. And so over, clearly, over time. over time, and so clearly resolving that underlying movement, understanding it over time is going to be the answer to resolve the problem. And I think that's the clearest way to think about it and approach it. So if you're suffering from back back pain, suffering from back problems, then absolutely follow a movement-based approach. And when you've introduced those um, exercises and you've built that endurance, then start to think about how you can take it to the next level and certainly can continue those exercises and continue that spine health um, into the future. Because what we don't want people to do is, is like with a lot of things, they get better, they feel an improvement, and then they start to reintroduce these poor habits and then the problem reoccurs. You have to understand that we, at the very least, have to be aware of our spine health and hygiene and those repetitive things that we're doing throughout the day forevermore. From an exercise point of view, we need it to build muscle endurance. We need it to build that core strength around the spine that supports the spine. But once you get to a level where you have a certain amount of endurance that is protecting your spine, then you can certainly take a step back and not have to do these exercises every single day. And you don't have to take it to the next level, but you have to be aware that throughout the rest of your life, you need to respect the spine and that respect comes from movement. So I think that's a good place to stop. Jacob, thanks again for the input. As always, guys, jump over to the website, have a look at the content on there, the exercises on there, the programs are, are being developed to put a lot of this information into, into practice um, to follow as a as a course as it were uh, we're going to continue with the podcasts and the next time we're going to start and introduce neck pain and talk a little about neck pain because the focus so far has been very much around the low back which is important it's a big focus for us but also we want to start to uh, to discuss some other areas of the spine as well to just give an overview um, because that is another common area of a problem with office workers and and um, and other workers out there so as always head on over to itunes give us a rating it always helps to get the message out there and we'll continue to share our knowledge and hopefully support you on the way to a better back so thanks again jacob and we'll speak again soon